What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys Five Movies. This is your co-host Chris Gasberry. This is Frank Pelican, and this is the Quick Cage. Uh, I have no idea what movie we're covering. I'm going to be surprised along with everybody else. So, Frank, what are we covering tonight? Um, so it was a surprise to me too until about 15 minutes ago because I forgot to think about it all day. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about 1999's Bringing Out the Dead. Mm. Um, so I can get it out of the way, so I never have to talk about this fucking movie again. Um. <laughs> watch it i watched it uh maybe like a month or six weeks ago it hasn't been that long um and that was the first time i'd seen it since i watched it opening night on in 1999 in the theater um i hated it then i think i might hate it a little more now mm. maybe. uh which is hard to say because i really hated it a lot back in 1999 that's impressive um i didn't it wasn't quite like the level of vitriol this time. It was just kind of like a dull, like thudding hate of first of all, like, can this movie just fucking end? Um, and it's only two hours long, so it's not even like a long movie, but it's, it feels like it's like six hours long. Um, it's right on the cusp of people still taking Nicolas Cage a hundred percent, hundred percent seriously as like a dramatic, Oscar caliber actor and in my opinion taking Martin Scorsese seriously as like a director who can direct things that are relevant and not the same movie like over and over and over again um expand on that real quick what do you mean about Scorsese directing it's like the dude's just making some iteration of fucking casino like every single movie he makes you know Mm -hmm. I guess there's this there's um Kundun or whatever there's uh what's that fucking movie gangs of new york you know they're they're a little different well gangs of new york is just like i don't know those fucking italian gangster movies but set in like whatever prehistory um everything else is just like it's just it's fucking casino you know like it's not even good scorsese it's boring overwrought poorly like competently directed but just so boring like i'm just so tired of this man who can't give like a marvel movie any praise for being entertaining but makes the same movie over and over and over with the same actors over and over and over like robert de niro he don't need to act anymore you know fucking al pacino just stop acting like you guys are done let someone else you know there's plenty of people in like their 60s who could play the roles that you guys are playing when you're in your whatever old they are, like 80s or whatever. They're probably not that old, but it feels like it. I'm just tired of Martin Scorsese. I'm worn out with Martin Scorsese. I can go back and watch a dozen Martin Scorsese movies that I like very much and be just fine with it. Like, I think Tarantino has the right idea. You need to stop at a certain point. And I think the Scorsese is about 20 plus years past his stopping point. For the most part, you know what? If if you stopped early, 
like that, like Tarantino. And Tarantino decides to do a movie 20 years from now. Nobody's oh, gonna n- nobody's gonna bitch about it and everybody's gonna be excited. Right. Like seriously, if Scorsese had stopped with let's say Casino's his last movie. So that's what, ninety three, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Casino's fine. Ninety five. Casino's ninety five. Okay, that's fine. So ninety five he makes it. It's kind of overshadowed in that time period by movies like Pulp Fiction and um train spotting and things that take place like in the criminal world but are more vibrant and alive and interesting you know so casino feels like really bloated for that time period in my opinion and not that casino is a bad movie but casino is just like hey here's old goodfellas you know so you stop there and then you make gangs of new york and what is gangs of new york 2005 or something 2004 whenever that yeah is. somewhere around there yeah so nine, ten years later, you make that movie, and then you stop, and then maybe you make another movie in like the two thousand teens or whatever. Then I'm excited to go see the new Martin Scorsese movie, but I feel like he makes a movie like I know people are all like, I don't know, like a Twitter about the Irishman, but the Irishman was this four hour slog of crap. It was just this terrible, boring movie that was doing the same things that he's done over and over and over. And I'm just tired of them. I'm tired. I like new voices. I like new ideas. I like directors who can reinvent themselves. I am sick of directors that make the same shit over and over. And people call it art because they're too afraid, you know, to say the emperor has no clothes or whatever. So fuck Martin Scorsese. So bringing out the dead, which Mm -hmm. is four years after casino is martin scorsese. and four years after leaving las vegas another there's right las vegas so it's, for you. it's it's the perfect it's the perfect storm of shit <laughs> it's a movie about this guy who's really just kind of like a neurotic depressed dude um who drives an ambulance who kind of hates his life and hates his job but can't stop like saving people and he falls in love with the daughter of a woman or a daughter of a man whose life he saves. And she's all fucked up because she's on drugs and her family's on drugs and she's in debt to a pimp. Um, there's no good scenes in this movie. There's some minor moments of good performance. Like Cage is good sometimes. John Goodman has a couple of really good scenes. Tom Sizemore has a couple of really good scenes. Ving Rhames has a good scene that devolves into, I don't know, parody or something. Like, it's like, he's a black dude, so he's got to pretend like he's James Brown. I, I don't know. It, it's really embarrassing. That's where, like, Nick Cage revives some, like, heroin od punk, like, scene goth or whatever, like, at this club. I don't know. It, that's terrible. <laughs> It's really just like there's no people in it that you can care about. Like everyone is just a terrible human being. And if they're not a terrible human being, they're so broken that it's just sad to watch. I mean, it's it's nonstop just like lights and sound and camera tricks and it's just awful. It's it epitomizes everything. It's like it's like you took an alien and you showed them 
independent films from 1995 to 1996. Mm-hmm. But you didn't show them the whole movies and you didn't show them in order. You just showed clips all mixed together. And you said, that's filmmaking and this is what came out. Mm-hmm. Just this, it's, and it's based on a book. It's written by fucking Paul Schrader too, so that's an embarrassment. Oh. So, I don't know. There's that's, just all kinds so of I mean, that all seems pretty accurate from my memory of seeing this 20 years ago. I did not like this movie. I saw it on DVD. I didn't see it in the theater, but it was not good. It's not good. And I really, again, like this is, I think I'm still pretty, um, pretty optimistic as a film goer you know like as a movie watcher like i i like to go into most things thinking i'm going to like them and oh you're you're very optimistic well at least compared to me i mean yeah and this movie like i was super stoked to see this movie i mean the trailer wasn't great but it was fine like it seemed interesting and at this point like you're talking about all these actors that are just removed from star making roles in indie movies with really powerful indie directors. So, you know, Cage working with Mike Lee, um, Goodman working with uh, the Cohen brothers. You had Arquette, um, Rames, and Sizemore, who had all worked with Tarantino. So, like, well, not this Arquette, Patricia Arquette, whatever she was in. I guess she was with, um, what's his name? Tony Scott, right? True Romance. So, yeah, she was with Tony Scott. Rosanna Arquette was in um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so, well, whatever. The Arquettes are all interchangeable. <laughs> They're just various shades of weird. Um, so, like, there was so much optimism. And, like, the Scorsese, and Scorsese's making this, like, gritty indie movie that kind of felt like a return to Taxi Driver after, you know, in 30 years or 20 years at this point. And, like, none of those things live up to the hype. And, again, like, Goodman, Sizemore, Cage, even Arquette, like, there's good performances there. It's just a, me- a mishmash of shit, and it's terrible, and it's depressing, and it's like, it's like tipping out your garbage can and, like, pouring the juice at the bottom over yourself, like, while you're, like, I don't know, reading fucking Sylvia Plath or something. Like, that's that's the effect. Like, it's dirty, and it's depressing, but it just kind of feels trite at the same time, so I don't know. So, yeah, so that's bringing out the dead. Yeah, so you're um you're really you're really done, and this has been like a slow process I've seen in you. You were getting more and more done with these like kind of you know fathers of film um of a certain generation. They just need to exist in the past, right. like like look, I can go back and watch a Bergman movie or like a Kurosawa movie and completely appreciate it. And even then, like latter day, like Kurosawa, I feel like he's a little too long winded sometimes. Not to say that like, I dislike Ron or Kagamusha or whatever, um, Dodes Kaden or whatever, but Mm -hmm. like he stopped making movies before I started getting into movies. So everything to me was, you know, sure. It was older, it was influential, and it was things that I can go back, you know, Godard, Truffaut, like all these people just go back and watch things from the past and enjoy them. And it's like getting hit over that. It's like Stephen King, like, man, like, stop writing books, you know? Like, 
I don't need to read the same book for the 40th time, Stephen King. And I admit, like, I like Dr. Sleep and I like The Outsider. But that's, like, two books in 20-plus years that I feel like have been worth reading. And I've read almost all of his books that have come out, like, ever. Right. And I feel the same way about filmmakers. Like, I just think... Yeah, you've pretty much read everything after he retired, right? <sighs> there Most of it, at least. Uh, yeah, there might be, like, a short story collection I didn't read. Yeah, but, I mean, he's published, like, what, like, ten books since he retired? I mean, I gave up on the dude after he retired because I thought it was bullshit that he kept writing. But I always tell myself I'm not going to read them, and then it's, like, Kindle has it on sale for, like, six ninety nine, and I'm like, fuck, like, what am I doing? I'll just sit here and read it. And Stephen King, like, the one thing I'll say for him is he reads quick. Like, you start reading a Stephen King book, and 300 pages are gone in an afternoon. And at that point, it's like you're in, you know, so you might as well finish. And The Outsider and Dr. Sleep were not long books. Like, they were very, very much more in the vein of things like, not not quite as short as Carrie, but think like like Pet Cemetery or Salem's Lot. You know what I mean? Like, here's your antagonist, here's your protagonist, here's the setup, here's some subplot, here's the end, we're done. And honestly, like, and you and I haven't talked about this yet. We need to have this conversation about the Dr. Sleep book now that you've seen the movie. Mm. Like, I think you would love the way the book plays out because the book is much more just an homage to the past as opposed to, like, whatever, like, tying up the loose ends of the past. Does that make sense? Like, I think that yeah. you would appreciate the way the book plays out all those characters much more so than, right. than the, way the movie does. I mean, I, I actually prefer the movie a little bit just because I like The Shining, but the shining connection and the way that he did it. And I like Flanagan a lot, but um, yeah, I think you would really enjoy the book, but it's the same thing. It's like, just stop. Like Scorsese, stop. Like Francis Ford yeah. Coppola never needs to pick up a camera again. Right. Like, there, yeah. I, I have a feeling um, in a couple of weeks when we do the top five Americana movies, there's going to be echoes of this conversation, conversation yeah, um, in some of that. But, and a lot of that is like, you're watching, like when we, when we talk about movies, the reason we talk about like, the reason I pick movies so much from like the 60s and 70s and even the 80s is because that's like the genesis of these directors that I love. Like that's, you know, where they're getting their start and where they're like fresh and they're willing to try new things. Like yeah. George Lucas in 1977 would have never considered something like Jar Jar Banks. Sure. You know, to be a thing to put in a movie, but then he had kids and he got ruined. He had kids and he got billions of dollars and he's just like, fuck it, I'll do whatever I want. Right, Scorsese in 1974 wouldn't have put the rat in front of the Capitol building um, as the last shot of The Departed. I fucking forgot about The Departed. And you know, the thing is, is like, The Departed's a good movie, but The Departed is only a good movie in spite of Martin Scorsese's best efforts to make it a shit movie. And it's just because it's based on such a strong, you know, whatever, like, origin story or whatever that it's adapted from. Right. Like, that's the thing that makes it great, is that the story itself is just so perfect and so well done that he almost... Well, that, and, that and the fact that, like, DiCaprio, Damon, and Martin Sheen are all fucking sure. incredible in that movie. It, yeah, I mean, 100%. All of them, and even like Mark Wahlberg and his like yeah yeah no that's true it's true I I, like all 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 of that is like a perfect combination that really sucks you in and gets you interested and that story is so good and especially like I would think people that have never seen Infernal Affairs like if you don't know what that twist is 
Like, that's like a gut punch the first time you see that shit. Yeah. And I would think especially, like, seeing it for the first time where it's being presented to you in your native language. Like, you know, because obviously we watched it subtitled from um, Mandarin or whatever the fuck Infernal Affairs was. But, um, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. He just needs to stop. He needs to stop. You know, I'm, I'm starting to, it's, it's odd. The, the more criticism I read as we do this podcast, and I read all these different writers um from you know the 1950s to present day like um and i get to like know their personalities and their writing styles and all this other stuff the more i'm learning i hate criticism like like not 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 real criticism not academic like criticism like the sense of review reviews um of these kind of bastions of taste um not that there's no value in that, obviously. Like, I'm not trying to, like, like destroy that field. But what we're doing for the, whatever, 25 or 30 people that listen weekly, <laughs> like, um, what, what, what we're doing to me is much more interesting than, even though I read those critics and bring those things up, that's much more interesting is for me to talk to another movie fan and hear what they want to say. It's why I like those third man things so many times, even if I didn't agree with their picks is because I liked hearing people talk about the things they like about movies, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. And, and, or the things that even the things they don't like about movies, but it's like, I like the idea of like, we're all, people that aren't in the industry that aren't in the business like you know most of us in society like you know what like 99 percent of us you know and it's like um you know so it's like these podcasts i i kind of come across like where it's like oh hey we're gonna have this guest star on this week in terms of you know whatever we're gonna have michael mann on like the heat podcast mm. and i think that heat podcast is a great idea like the one minute like you know right. one minute of time but it's like we're gonna have and then we're gonna have Pacino on this episode or, or it's like this podcast like hey we're gonna interview like you know zach braff about like you know like this movie it's like that's cool like you know it's like you can get a lot of information about the filmmaking process and stuff like that but it, i'll be honest it's like half these actors and stuff like that don't even watch their own movies over again they don't they they don't watch their own performances and to them it's just another day like where it's like movies can actually for fans of film can change lives they can change opinions they can change thought processes you know i right. um they can make people better and then that's much more interesting for me to kind of hear that stuff anymore than it is to read, you know, Paul Adonacio or, mm. you know, Gene Siskel or, you know, um, even though we have fun with him, Dave Kerr, like, you know, like sitting here and half the time shit on movies that are coming out that end up being these massive influential right. things years later. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Let's say that we were to get a guest star. Right. What's what's our ceiling? What's our ceiling? Mm-hmm. Um, like a key grip or something, maybe. Mm. I was gonna say Will Wheaton. <laughs> but you, you you think if we buy him like a twenty pack of D and D die, like he'll like you know like go ahead and just like be on the show? Oh yeah, I guess he's kind of like famous again now mm-hmm. that's probably not a good he is. choice that's not that's not a good choice 
Um, I don't know. I think if we Philip Michael Hall. What? What's his name? What's the guy's name from Miami Vice? Oh, um, shit. What is his name? Um, the one that sang that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't it Philip Michael Hall? The guy that he got it. He got it. Um, I I can. Oh God, it's three names. I know that. Am I am I confusing all the Phillips? I think you are. Philip um, Seymour Hoffman, filler, Philip Baker, or something. Uh, Philip Michael Thomas. Oh, well, I got two of them right. Yeah, and Edward James almost was on that show. They got a bunch of three names. Um, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, maybe we might be able to get him. I was thinking more like, is Jimmy Walker still alive? Nah, Jimmy Walker's way too famous. You think so? He got like, yeah, he got refamous. I think. Yeah. <laughs> like refamous, like Will Wheaton got refamous. Yeah, except like he like would fade would faded into obscurity because nobody really considered. You know, here's a fascinating thing though: is like you know with social media, um, is that like a, a on Instagram, like you know, we have a number of people that followed us probably so that we would follow them back but it's like mm-hmm. they're making like small like you know really small indie movies and stuff like that like i bet you like you know just to get exposure like we could reach out to like one i could reach out to one of those people and i could have them on like you know next week i don't want to consider them the ceiling because then <laughs> now, now hear me out because i don't I'm, I'm talking about somebody who's already like famous not somebody who's like trying to make it because I'm sure there's plenty of people that are, like, trying to break in, trying to make it in the business so we could find and be like, hey, like, you know, we can watch your movie. We'll talk about it. Like, here's some stuff that we've talked about before. I mean, like, I want to get, I mean, the, she's dead, so this is a bad example. But I want to get, like, Dana Plato, you know. That, um, right. Okay. Okay. I mean, Gary Coleman, do you think we can get Gary Coleman? Isn't he dead, too? Is he? Oh, I think so. That's, that's sad. I think it's been like a decade. I might be wrong. I'm sorry, Gary Coleman, if you're still alive. I apologize. You're right. It was exactly a decade. It was May 28th of 2010. Yeah. Yeah, man. I remember I was at the steel mill when it happened. We, we like talked about Ken Arnold for a week. Do you, do you remember you were where Gary Coleman died? Sorry, Gary Coleman. I mean, like, I, 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 I loved I, you as a child, but still. I like, listen. Uh, that's a hilarious I concept. You, I can tell you exactly where I was when Gary when I when I found out Gary Coleman died. I don't know like the exact moment of his death, but I was sitting at my desk in the shipping office at Claymont Steel, talking about some nonsense, and somebody was browsing MSN, which was one of the few websites we could access from our computers, and saw that Gary Coleman died. And then we talked about facts of life for like the remainder of the day, most of it centering around the creepy episode with the bathtub and Dudley getting molested. So quick facts on the quick cage. Rest in peace, Gary Cole. That's, in- that's what everybody talks about. With you. Um, rest in power, actually. That's that's the cool thing to say now. What rest in what? Power. Power, okay. I don't know why. That's fine. I think maybe somebody misinterpreted what the P was. <laughs> that it's just right. It just stuck, right? It's like the concept of like wikiality, like somebody misinterpreted it and then said it, and then a bunch of people believed them, and now it's just an, an alternate. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, cool. Fine. I, I, I'm all, I'm looking fine with that. Timeline to this. I hope someone's enjoying themselves right now. 
Right. In some alternate timeline, we're texting each other about how we can't wait for it to be fucking Saturday night so we can go get super drunk. Right. Although maybe in this alternate timeline, we're both happy with our lives and we don't need that to fill it. So is it really the saddest timeline then? Hmm. That's that. <sighs> see, that's the kind of thing you think about and you shouldn't. Why? It causes alternate timelines to occur. I think every time I think that thing, it makes like another like timeline where somewhere I'm doing where something. like it, you actually get up off your ass right now and go live. I can't <laughs> find, do that find something that's going to make you happy. No, I got to go to work in the morning. <laughs> right, right. I, that's how, that's also, how they get us, you know. That's how they get us. Is 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 we got to work. I I walked a whole lot today, so I don't know that I'm going to like get much any place but my bed after this. Gotcha. And that might be a chore to get off this couch and shuffle my way in there. And I got to take my pants off. It's crazy. It's a lot. It's a lot of effort. <laughs> so I don't know who the the ceiling is. I mean, if I like just like sent out like a bunch of messages, like who knows? Like, there's like crazy people out there, like you know, that like would just yeah. be bored and be like, sure, I'll do it. Like, especially oh, if especially I fra- now, right? Yeah, especially if I frame it in the right way. It's like shit. Maybe we can get Bill Murray on here, like. That dude's crazy. If Bill Murray's our ceiling, though, like, or I don't know, like, that means the sky is the limit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Well, it's like, I mean, we've been doing this for how, like, what? Like, I mean, it, it's a little longer because the issue with you breaking your leg and the false right. start of the recording and stuff like that. But, like, we've been doing this for close to two years now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, we don't we we're not like stuck on like episode ideas like and like movies to watch it's like we can just keep going and and in terms of like whatever growing which i don't really care about i enjoy being able to talk about right i just enjoy doing it but i mean in terms of that kind of stuff it's like probably my my only theory is like i don't i mean i don't really care about like the idea of like famous guest stars like Oh, I don't care either. I was just thinking about it. Right. Yeah. It's just like, um, I mean, but that's the strategy some people take is like they try to get the famous guest star. And I think that's probably a bad strategy because it's like they come listen to you once and it's like they're just going to follow the guest star. It's funny that you're, you're the, you're the guest stars, Mark. Right. You know, it's funny that that you're thinking Bill Murray is like a ceiling and I'm thinking like, man, maybe like Yakov Smirnoff will come on or like. We get well, no, that, see, that's a realistic ceiling. I'm saying that there's crazy people out there that if you sell it to them in the right way, they do it just because they don't have anything else to do because they're Gary, so Gary, wealthy Gary and privileged. Who? Cool. Top, top, top five underrated Boosie? <laughs> Ginger dead man? What? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm, I, I'm gonna make that list tonight. Top five underrated. Yeah, uh-huh. Ginger Dead Ginger Dead Man is on it. Mm. That that movie's terrible. It's it it's not underrated. It's it's properly rated. I think. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Okay. So let's let's close this. Close this <clears throat> back up. Um, what's your rating for bringing out the dead? Like as a movie, on the cage scale, it's like a six because he definitely swings into like manic like crazy cage Mm -hmm. look this movie was pretty well reviewed when it came out and people were all over scorsese's like nuts about it it's 
it's like a C, you know, it's like a five out of 10 as a movie. Like there's some things about it that are fine. And like some of his directorial choices are actually like, okay, but for the most part, it's just bland and forgettable and nausea inducing. Yeah, it's 72% now from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think Ebert loved it. I think I Ebert gave a four out of four and put it on his like top 10 of the year list or something. Yeah. It's about, oh no, that, that changes. It's probably about 60 40 on top critics, like on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. which is, a, which does mean something to me a little bit because there's plenty of movies that I look at on Rotten Tomatoes because it's such an arbitrary score, really. Um, right. So I'll look at the top critics and see if it's like radically different sometimes because um, it often can be. Um, and it's usually a worse score from top critics. But um, Well, it's a shit movie, so those top critics that liked it, the 60% are a bunch of dicks. Yeah. Oh, Des and Hal liked it. Fucking hell. Oh, boy. Destin Howell, like, hates everything, but he loved this fucking movie, I guess. Uh, yeah, Ebert gave it a four out of four, yeah. What did C. Thomas Howell think? <laughs> mm. uh, C- maybe C. Thomas Howell? You think? He, yeah, he could be. Yeah, maybe he could be on. I talked, I'd love to talk to C. Thomas Howell about uh, Side Out. <laughs> right, I bet you would. Mm-hmm. Peter Horton, is he still alive? Peter Horton, I- Peter Horton was the was the beach bum and um and then he was also in thirty something, which he's he's more famous for, not side out, but um right. side outs side out's what he's famous for for me. You inside out, man. I love that, that movie when I was a kid. It was your, it was your Whitewater Summer. I yeah, it was. I I've seriously not seen that movie since like nineteen eighty eight. That and just one of the guys. That was the two the two Saturday movies. Sometimes Soul Man if TBS was feeling like particularly racist. <laughs> Right. See, that's why I see Thomas Howe never come on can like, you imagine, a show ever can again. Can you imagine? He must feel that way. Can you imagine like someone pitching Soul Man today? God, I bet someone has. Like, you know what we need to remake? Soul Man. No, no, no. I, they've pitched it like reversing. But in though, reverse? I bet. Yep, right. in reverse. Yep. Yep. That's what they've done. Price. Um, is the, this exclusive? Is it, they're trying to upend the the balance? It's going to be an exclusive all white school because that racist shit still exists in some places, like for private schools. Kind of, it's right. just like you know, not an open po- like a like a known policy, but it would be something like that. And yeah, they reverse it. Isn't that just kind of school ties, but with comedy? Really? Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. The Zach Brave pipeline is open, so I'm sure there's, like, some fucking executive with a pen, like, scribbling in his bathtub filled with champagne. Well, Zach Brave's going to play him, right? It's going to be... What it is is the makeup is, like, so much more advanced nowadays is, like, for the black man that's pretending to be white, they're just going to cast a white man. That's something Hollywood would do. That's that's bold. Zach Brave's going to play, like, the teacher that finds the the love at the heart of the matter and brings everyone together. Mm. And then goes home and watches his wife get cucked. Anyway. <laughs> um, I'm giving him too many ideas. Right. Uh-huh. Well. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably already used a couple of those ideas in something already. I'm sure. Right. You just haven't seen everything. <laughs> it's true. It's, I'm very, I'm very lax on my brief. 
<laughs> Black right, summer so, breath. Right. So next week we're gonna start another podcast. No, no, no. Quick no, breath. No. <clears throat> Number one is only like eight movies long, so it'd be over. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's a it's a it's a mini series. It's a mini series. Okay, let's, so let's six out of ten with... on the cage scale. Yeah. Um, that's more about his performance, right? Hundred percent his performance. Okay, so what 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 do you give it overall? Bringing out the dead. It's it's like it's like a four and a half, five out of ten. Okay. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but for the level of talent involved in all phases in this movie, it's it's a piece of shit. Right. So, okay. Very disappointing. All right. So, um, Captain Mandilli's um, Coraline or whatever, like next right. week. No, not 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 much chance. I gotta watch all these Americana movies, man, and I gotta pay for all of them. So, <laughs> and I gotta start watching the fucking next list at some point. Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably yeah. watch some. I'm, I'm, wait, I'm, wait, I'm, yeah, I understand. I, I get it. Like, and plus one of them was like fucking four hours. So, like, which one's four hours? On the, um, Americana list? The, uh, the, the Sergio Leone movie? Mm, right. Oh, that's fine. I like that movie a lot. It is. It's good. I'm, I'm, I have like an hour. I got like an hour left. It's, it's, it actually gets better the longer it goes, oddly. I'm just going to go to the liquor store on Saturday and buy a fifth of tequila and a fifth of vodka. Well, remember, you got two weeks now. Right, but I got to cram everything into the days I'm off because I don't feel like watching movies on the days that I work. So, yeah. Poor Frankie. Right. I don't know. I might watch a movie tomorrow night because a couple of the ones for the sci fi list are short. So They are. Some of them are like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, I can dig it. Yeah. Yep. All right, all right. Any, cool. any other any other thoughts? No, no, no. Let's move on, and then I'll, I'll. It'll be a good cage movie next week, like a fun one. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you have a good week. Be safe. Have a good evening. <laughs>